Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. You are listening to Chariots of Fire by Reverend Peter Yonker. Let's pray for a blessing on the reading and preaching of God's Word. Please pray with me. Lord God, it was your Holy Spirit that um, fell upon the writers of Scripture and turned their ordinary human words into your Word, this Word that nourishes us. Send your Holy Spirit now upon us as we receive these words, as I preach on them, and as we listen to them, so that your word may may take root in our heart, and we may be more deeply rooted in you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Scripture reading tonight is from 2 Kings 6, verses 8 through 23. 2 Kings 6, verses 8 through 23. And uh, please open your script, if you're reading along, open that. And I, I would, but before I get to it, before I do the reading, I want to set up this, this reading a little bit um, so it may be more effective, hopefully. Um, years ago, when there was still something called the Young Calvinist Convention, and those of you who are older all remember the Young Calvinist Convention, and that was uh, where all the high school students who were part of the Christian Reformed Church were invited to go to one central location, and there would be speakers and music and lots of flirting, and it was a very good time. <laughs> when we had those, I, I, was, uh, I would go quite a bit in my younger ministry, and I would be a, what they call a living group leader. And that means that in the morning and in the evening, I was responsible for leading devotions. So I would have eight or nine uh, high school boys who are in my charge, and I was I'm trying to do devotions in the morning and evening. And it was not easy because you're trying to get spiritual honesty and spiritual openness from 16-year-old boys. So one of the things I tried to do was that I would, um, I would say, start in the morning, I would say to them, okay, guys, when you're out there today, what I want you to do is look for a place where you see God at work. Go out during the day, and maybe it's a speaker, or maybe it's one of the workshops, or maybe it's some act of kindness that you see someone. But just look for a place. Be on the lookout for God. And then tonight, when we get back and we have our evening devotions, let's share those with each other. Seemed like a good idea. So they come back, and I'd, I'd sit them down, and I'd say, okay, guys, I, I, we talked about this morning, okay? So tell me your God glimpses. Tell me what you saw. And inevitably... It was stony silence, and they'd look at their shoes, and they'd shuffle their feet. And then usually some smart Alex said, I might have had a vision. There was this girl from California at the swimming pool. (laughs) Not exactly a ringing success. Spiritual sight. Spiritual sight. Being able to be the kind of people who walk through our days and see God at work. It's not an easy thing to have. It wasn't easy for those 16-year-old boys, but it's not easy for you either. If I were to sit you down at the end of this ordinary day and say, okay, give me your God glimpse. Tell me where you saw God at work today. I think most of us would take a moment or two. We'd stumble. We'd have to rack our brains. Whether you're 16 years old or whether you're 60 years old. You walk through your days And it's your duties, it's the stuff right in front of your face that you're thinking about, and it's sometimes hard to lift your eyes from the ground and to see God at work. Spiritual sight. This is a passage about spiritual sight. Listen. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel, 
After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God, that's Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God, and time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which one of us is on the side of the king of Israel. None of us, my lord and king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who's in Israel. He tells the king of Israel the very words that you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men to capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. And he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there, and they went by night, and they surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army of horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down towards him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road, and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them right into Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so that they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes, and they looked, and there they were, inside of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elijah, Shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Do not kill them, Elisha answered. Would you kill those you had captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they'd finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. This is the word of the Lord. Spiritual sight. Second Kings 6 is a story about what happens to you when you attain spiritual sight. And I, I think what, what I'd like to show today is that when, when Elisha, well, he already had spiritual sight, but when the servant atten- uh, gets spiritual sight, at least two things happen to Elisha and his servant. The first change you see in Elisha and in the servant is confidence. Confidence. Elisha has been reading the mind of the king of Aram. He knows where the king is going. He hears the words that the king speaks in his own bedroom, the text tells us. And so whenever time the king plans a raging party, the Israelites are on their guard, and the king of Aram is furious. And when he finds out that Elisha is the one who is causing the trouble, he decides he's going to send an army after Elisha. In the morning... The the army comes at night, surrounds the city. In the morning, Elisha's servant gets up. 
puts on his robe, gets his morning coffee, goes to the front door, leans down to get the morning paper. These are ancient times, so there still was a morning paper. And he's just getting up, and he looks, and he sees the glint of armor surrounding the city. And the chariots and the horsemen of, Israel, of Aram have completely surrounded him, and he does what any of us would have done in that situation. He panics, and he runs to his master. He says, my Lord, my Lord, the Aramites are all around us. What shall we do? Elisha is strangely calm, and he says, don't worry. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then he prays, and the eyes of the servants are open, and the servant looks into the hills behind the chariots of the Arameans, and he sees the chariots and the host of the armies of the Lord, chariots of fire surrounding the city. And confidence descends on him, the same confidence that has been in Elisha the whole time. Spiritual sight gives confidence in the face of our troubles. I'm willing to bet that none of you have ever woken up in the morning to find yourself surrounded by the armies of an invading army with their spears all tilted towards you. But you wake up in the morning surrounded by different armies. The armies of your fears, the armies of your worries, the armies of your uncertainties, the armies of your sorrow. And they have sharp spears, and they point them at you. And as you wake up, and as you clear the sleep from your eyes, you see all these spears pointed at you and advancing on you. And just like Elijah's servant in that moment, you cry out, my Lord, my Lord, what am I to do? In those moments, spiritual sight is what you need. Let me ask you a question. Do you think those chariots of fire that surrounded Dothan that day was a one-off event? Do you think that was a, a special deployment of the chariots of fire by the Lord around the city? Or do you think that those chariots of fire were there every single day? I think they were there every single day. And I think there's good scriptural evidence for that because this is not the first time that Elisha has had contact with a chariot of fire, right? Only a few chapters before, when Elijah passed the prophetic mantle to Elisha, how did that go? What happened when Elisha received the prophetic mantle? A chariot of fire came down from heaven and picked up Elijah and took him up to be with the Lord. And I wonder, do you remember what Elisha cried out as Elijah was taken up to heaven by that chariot of fire? He cried out, my father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel, which is one of my favorite lines in scripture. But it shows you that at that moment, Elisha was overwhelmed by this vision of all the heavenly hosts and all the heavenly chariots. He saw the chariots of fire on that day. He had spiritual sight. And so whether he physically saw them or not, he knew those chariots were around him. And that gave him confidence. Those chariots surround us too, if only we have eyes to see. Richard John Newhouse, the great Catholic thinker and the person who found the magazine First Things, died in 2009 of cancer. It wasn't the first time he'd had cancer. 
He had it first in 1993. He had very serious colon cancer that put him on the edge of life and death. And after he had that 1993 surgery for his colon cancer, and he was sitting in the hospital in intensive care on the edge of life and death, Richard John Newhouse, who was a, a sort of an academic and not given to mystical things, had a vision. He had a moment of spiritual sight. I'm going to read you what he saw. What I was staring at in his hospital room was a color like blue and purple, and vaguely in the form of a hanging drapery. And by the drapery, beside the drapery, there were two presences. And then the presences, one or both of them, I do not know, spoke. This I heard clearly, not in an ordinary way, for I cannot remember anything about the voice. But the message was beyond mistaking. The presence had said, everything is ready now. That was it. They waited for a while, maybe a minute. Whether they were waiting for a response or just waiting to see whether I'd received the message, I don't know. Everything is ready now, they said. It was not in the form of a command, nor was it an invitation to do anything. They were just letting me know. Now, Newhouse is the sort of man who understands that when something like that happens to you, it's very easy a month later to just chalk it all up to some sort of weird experience. And he made a pact with himself the moment after this happened that he was going to write it down and he was never, ever going to doubt what happened because he knew it was real. And ever since he had that vision for the rest of his life, for the next 16 years until he died in 2009, that spiritual sight, that vision gave him confidence so that when the time came for him to face his end in 2009, he said this, Be assured that I neither fear to die, nor do I refuse to live. If I am to die, all that has been in my life is but a slight imitation of what is to be. If I am to live, there is much I hope to do in the interim. Richard John Newhouse knew that there were chariots of fire around him every morning. Spiritual sight brings confidence. The other thing we see in this story is that spiritual sight brings extraordinary compassion. The Arameans have surrounded Elisha, and these are some mean dudes, right? These are not nice people. Warfare in those days was absolutely vicious. They mean to take Elisha captive. Who knows what they plan to do with him once they capture Elisha? And to capture Elisha, I'm sure they would be willing to kill women, children, whomever, to get this man in their custody. These are vicious people. They are the enemy. God delivers this vicious enemy right into Elisha's hands. He strikes them blind. Elisha leads them by the hand into the center of Samaria, into the center of the city. It's like he's led them into the barracks where all the other soldiers, all the Israelite soldiers are. And then he gets their eyes to open and they look around and they see their enemies all around them. And the king of Israel is overjoyed. And he says, Elisha, can I kill them? Please, huh? Can I kill them? But Elisha says, no, 
Instead of instigating a slaughter, he has the king prepare a banquet for these enemies, a feast of good food, and then he sends them on their way back home. Who does this? What kind of strategy is this? Who does a thing like this? People who are going to tear you to pieces, you have them at your mercy, and you give them a banquet? Who does this? Well, Elisha for one, and Jesus for two. Jesus was also surrounded by an army of angry people when he hung on the cross. An angry mob that frankly, also included us. We crucified him. We spit on him. We hit him. It was our sins that caused him to be pierced. He's surrounded by an angry mob who throw all their rage at him. And then when he's raised up from the dead, when the tables are turned, what does he do? He gives us a feast. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Here's my body given for you. Here's my blood given for the complete forgiveness of all your sins. Come to this feast tonight, and may the Lord give you spiritual sight. This is not bread. It is the food of heaven. This is not grape juice. It is the cup of salvation by which you are saved. This is a feast, and there are chariots of fire all around you. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this holy food, and we pray that at this table, our eyes may be lifted up, our hearts may be opened, and that we may see that you are around us every single day, and there's nothing that can tear us from your loving hand. And Lord, may this spiritual sight give us both confidence and compassion as we go out and live in your world. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.